Hey, it's your old pal Slim, one of three living hosts for Paper Keg. This podcast ran for 300 episodes focused on best friends talking and reviewing comic books. Somewhere along the way, life happened and we decided to go on hiatus. Every so often, we're lucky enough to get back together to record. This episode, you'll hear from writer Jonesy Loves Beer. Tell me you have listened to big ones while smoking a marijuana cigarette. VP of merchandise, Dale underscore A. Enjoy. You get your guinea pig. Happens to be the best damn candidate out of 600 volunteers. A secret experiment gave one man the strength of a hundred. The rest of the world, he's just codenamed Captain America. And the power to save millions. The Jerry's had an experimental rocket ready to fire at a target somewhere in the United States. Only he could defeat a superhuman madman. They got a fella called the Red Skull heading up their outfit. All we can hope to get in there is one good man. Paperkeg.com, we're back. Three friends that used to do a podcast, 300 episodes about comic books and then movies at the end. And now we're back again. My aunt Salt is on the table. Revive with Viverin. So now we're back again. We thought, you know, we're about to have one of the biggest trips of our lives. Q319. Q319 wouldn't have happened without this podcast. We're going to be hanging out with some dear friends of ours in upstate New York that we met through this very podcast, a privilege. I would say the privilege is all ours. You know, Paper Keg has been a podcast. It's been a A social club. And now, dare I say, it's a brotherhood. A personhood. Or VP. Can I say brotherhood? (laughs) Not without drawing some ire. Jones, you need to get a little bit more woke. <laughs> My woke percent is very it's low. It's in the negatives. <laughs> uh, so we can't wait for that trip. It's a mere hours away. It's going to be great. Listening to this, we're probably on the road listening to big ones. Aerosmith. Oh, man. Uh, Aerosmith, big ones, Zelda Link's Awakening, the two and two simultaneously have formed and shaped my growing up hood yeah. into something, you know, that I can only explain as my deuces being wild. This is wild. You heard of that? That's a uh, blind want, man. You heard of that one? I just want to point out that voice talking about Aerosmith and Link shaping his childhood was none other than uh, VP of merch from the shadows. Dale underscore A built this brand to what it is today. Welcome back. It's it, it, it's so funny when I look upon on it now, but it's almost like kind of runs itself at a certain point. Yeah. You know, I just got to have faith that it's going to work. <laughs> it's going to run itself and shirts appear. The algorithms. Algorithms that the things that people want it appears and people can order shirts. I met a Blind man who taught me how to see. Aerosmith's big ones, big sponsor Blind of the shirts tonight. Blind man, turn night into day. Yeah, thanks for Interscope Records for allowing us to. Uh, <laughs> I just want to thank you to thank you to Geffen Records for the rights to uh, sing this song. Thank you to Keith Geffen for yeah. being uh, no relation to Geffen Records. Billy. 
Geffen. Billy Geffen. <laughs> we met him tonight on, over Wings. Uh, the, one of the other voices you just heard, you know, over 300 episodes, we knew yeah. we had something cooking. And it was because of one man mm. who was uh, a writer, unpublished. Um, but he brought the goods <laughs> every week. Couldn't even spit it out. Jonesy loves beer. Noted Aerosmith fan, mm-hmm. super fan. Indiana Jones, super fan, uh, Link's Awakening, Nintendo Switch, mm. Light, super fan, welcome punch back. It. They push call it my it. fandom hotter than fish grease. <laughs> and I'm here to That's tell you. Steven Tyler lyricist the grease over here. is a bubbling. Geffen Records. Mm. Hangman Jury. You listen? Heard of that one? Loving an elevator. Ever fired up that B-side? Mm. Who hasn't gotten to second base listening to Love in an Elevator? Mm. Show yourself, Hello, coward. Mr. Tyler. Reveal Going yourself. Down. Text us your identity right now. Coward idiots. Come on, rogue with the zero. Tell me you have listened to big ones while smoking a marijuana cigarette. So uh, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on release day, we're on the road. We're listening to some jams. We're going to meet up with some friends. But we thought it might be a good time for us to sit back mm-hmm. and go to the movie well one more time God. with the one that was a hot request over the years. Absolutely. I th- when I think back, I think back to all the requests we got. Some of them we didn't even read on the era. <laughs> no. Ignored. Probably the number one reason we didn't because i knew we knew eventually we would be getting to this yeah show I this mean, you know what people ask me slim yeah what was the number one requested movie of the entire paper grade catalog yeah yeah and that movie is matt salinger's captain america I 1990 mean, tristar columbia mgm i mean 1989's batman no <laughs> the Avengers, Joss Whedon's The Avengers, no. No. Nobody wants to know Hugh that. Jackman's Logan, no. no. We actually did do that one, though. Easy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Do you remember, I remember this being, like, I, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to track down this movie, and it was just always rented out at the video store. That was the only way I knew about this movie. And that, like, poster in the comic shop. I only consciously remember the last 15 minutes of this film at any given time. (laughs) In fact, when I put the movie on, I could not believe I had to sit through an hour and a half of everything but the last 15-minute castle scene. Spoilers. Yeah. Bernie! Right. Yeah, when I, um, you know, when I saw this movie the first time today... On the uh, regional Mute. rail line commuting to Jonesy's house <laughs> for Lake House Eve. Uh-huh. The number one thought that I had was, this Captain America could be any one of us and our ability to just run away from gunfire the entire movie. I mean, my favorite part about this movie is Steve Rogers has, you know, polio. But I feel... <laughs> That's not the funny part. But, That's not the funny part. But I feel like this Steve Rogers brings out the polio in all of us. <laughs> Jesus. I just got an email we just lost. The Geffen sponsorship. <laughs> Billy just texted me. It's over. Billy Geffen. Immediately. As soon as... 
Just that I, I didn't want you to bleep it out. <laughs> Take me as I am on this Lord's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Our Lord's year. <laughs> I mean. The the one thing I remember. Show writer. So the, sh- the movie starts out. God. He gets the serum almost immediate. I'm, I'm skipping. I'm just so like flabbergasted by the whole movie. It's a it's, cra- Yeah, it's terrible. But it looks like they didn't spend any money on like the era. It just looks like they filmed it in Florida in 1989. How about him getting? He gets the serum. He's he's thrown into war. The next day. Hold on. Hold on. Does he stop. even have any training at stop, all? Stop. Stop. Did he go? He takes camp for no. gunshots in the fight. At the at the super soldier base, and uh, about forty eight minutes later, he asked the general, "Where'd you say that drop site was?" I mean, like yeah, forty eight minutes real time. Punch? Yeah, he's, real. He's movement. done nothing to to signify that he can do anything in battle. No. no, up until this point, he's had polio and has not been able to participate in life itself. Right, he's got a limp. He's a skinny guy with a limp, and he smokes Bernie! cigarettes. He smokes cigarettes. Yeah. When would you ever see Steve Rogers smoking a cigarette it nowadays? Makes me sick. Not my cap. Hashtag not my cap. No, absolutely not. And I mean, they in the the treatment that Dr. Rosselli put him through, I mean, I'm pretty sure she gave everybody the same powers with the so with the with the open wide cone shaped ray gun <laughs> that got sprayed sprayed Captain America as well as every other member every of, in, that, in that room. In that room. How about the um so there's it's you know it's similar to what you might remember from the modern day movie, but there's a spy in the midst from the comics that's the same. And he reveals himself because he's about to shake somebody's hand in congratulatory uh, the fact that Captain America has been born. And he like goes to shake the guy's hand and it's like the fake handshake instead of like going to like push his hair back. He does a Sig Heil like <laughs> instead of handshaking and then he shoots the guy in the chest. I thought it was the funniest thing in the movie. It all happened within 0.25 seconds. <laughs> like it was the cl- it was super urgent that he shoot this woman in the chest. Yeah. Brutal. And then he gets thrown into a computer, which is surrounded on three sides by a gate, but the one side that's uncovered, he slams into and is electrified to death. Yeah, whoops. Right. Yeah. This computer, this high-priced computer that and, can and do it. And let's be real, if you were to fall into a circuit board, a low-voltage circuit board, chances are you would not be electrocuted uh, to death. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Show scientists. Um, the movie, well, first, the movie starts out on Skull, his origin, the kid, the Italian kid yeah. who loves to play piano. One might argue the most important character in this movie, hands down. Oh, my God. Dreadful. Oh, the plot with King did not work out. We made him a martyr. My aunt's salt is on the table. <laughs> he sounded like Dracul. <laughs> like, that's the villain. But, I mean, I will say this about this movie. Every single actor- from Bobo, uh, Captain America, to Dick Ronnie Jones. Cox, the president. Amazing. To the Red Skull is chewing every single piece of scenery the entire time this movie's going mm-hmm. on. Nobody phoned it in. Mm. I mean, the guy who played Red Skull, uh, Red Skull, yep. or Skull, yeah, you know, both. Freudian slip, who cares? It's the Italian Skull. Red, Red Skull. Uh, <laughs> should have been nominated for an Oscar for this film. Best well, He should actor. be nominated for something, that's for sure. Oh. Was it Christmas Story Mom? Is Cap's mom? 
the mom from the yes. Christmas story. And same the father actress. is the same father. Get at it. What? Really? The Go to the IMDb. The, he has the Let's same call parents. Friend of the show in De Borja to check the IMDb trivia. You're telling us right now he has the same exact parents that were in the uh, Christmas story. I uh, let me let's go. Look, listen, talk about yourselves one second. I'll go right to the IMDb trivia, not updated by users, mm-hmm. totally legit trivia. So he gets turned into Cap right like in the first 5 minutes of the movie. And I was honestly thinking to myself like, man, what the hell is the rest of this movie? He's like about to go into battle with Red Skull. How much time is left? <laughs> 90 minutes left. <laughs> In the movie, I thought the same thing. It was, uh, it was the big boss battle in right the f- off the bat. Yeah, and uh, during this time, I mean, he's getting ready to get dropped into Red Skull's laboratory, uh-huh. and he's like, "When am I going to get the rest of my platoon?" And that's when the rest, the U.S. government decides to tell him that he's the only one there is, right? And he's not going to get anybody else to back him up. Yeah. And he's wearing the suit in the plane. And his little like fatigue jacket and helmet. And you can see the tape under his mask that's keeping it onto his face in the first shot. Hashtag eye holes. They were not cut it correctly. It looked terrible. The costume. It looked, yeah, it was absolutely like his. You can tell he just had uh, red rubber like covering shoes. They were <laughs> fake boots. I mean, Batman was a year ago. Before at this time, like you couldn't have. That's, let's get the people that made the Batman costume. That's absolutely true. That's a good point because yeah, it was night and day. Oh God! I, I mean, dreadful. Dreadful, except for the fact that they were able to. You know, they made a movie with five actors. <laughs> they made an entire movie, and uh, Red Skull's daughter having no acting experience whatsoever Papa. before filming. Papa. Yeah, they brought her in right off the streets, and they were just like, <laughs> "You're, you're it." The uh, are we sure she's not the DP's daughter? Are we like it's 100% possible. sure? It's possible. Same casting people as Highlander, mm. I think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, he so he Cast-a-gear. gets to the castle, and he meets Red Skull almost immediately in the film. And little this, brother, oh my god, so annoying. The set pieces for Skull are so strange. It's like this, they had access to like this one castle for maybe two days. They filmed everything there. The castle is so big and so empty that the set pieces is bizarre. I feel like the castle is 70% of the movie. I think so too. I think everything was filmed around it. Even the lab where they they do the uh, experiment is probably a redressed like uh, (laughs) prison. (laughs) Like remember when Thomas Kimball President Kimber President Kim is in the. Uh, that's a redress room for the experiment. Kim. Like this yeah. movie is probably filmed in seventy-two hours at a castle in Yugoslavia, <laughs> and like, what a misstep! You you have Batman eighty-nine Batman. You have the, mm-hmm. probably one of the greatest movies ever made, put to print, and then studios are like, here we're just gonna you're gonna trip over money. What do you want to make, Captain America? All right, let's make the worst possible movie we could we could Junk. make. Period. Garb. Yeah. Um, Thomas Kimball. I mean, from the very beginning, this kid was set up to be. I don't know. The only kid in the movie who sneaks about? out at night to take a picture of the White House runs into Captain America strapped to a rocket. Take a picture of uh, 
Leatherface himself, Captain America. Kel is showing us the photo. That, How did he get that shot? He is zooming in like a telescope with this default lens on this like Nikon. He's like a living hawk where he just blinks and goes into telescope mode. Yeah. And, and not only mode. that, so that scene is, is insane. So Captain America is strapped to the rocket. You know the story. And it's going to the White House from Yugoslavia. I don't know how much fuel is in this thing. <laughs> so this kid goes out, sneaks away at night, walks to the White House gates, and is taking photos. Mm-hmm. What? I will, By himself. The White on. House. Hold on. I have been thinking about a line in this movie for two and a half days. In the castle. <laughs> Double underline the castle. Uh-huh. Uh, Ronnie Cox goes, Captain America. And uh, uh, Captain America goes, oh, uh, have we met? We sure have. And Captain America goes, you were the boy? What the are you talking about? <laughs> he, because that guy says we met, I assume that you're the boy from the White House 50 years ago? Are you kidding me? He, if we want to be technical, technically, yeah. he does pull the photo out of his wallet to show Cap. Not right, that it makes right. it any more believable, right. because we have to tell the this, this scene. The kid is taking a photo of the White House. Captain America's rocket, he can see it through this telescope lens that he, have, that he has. Yeah. So he's like, oh my God, what is that? He takes a photo of Cap's face. Somehow, he gets so close. Cap sees the boy kicks the rocket away from the boy at the last second. Right. Get out of my face with this Incredible uh, legsmanship. You were the boy? Yeah, so so later in the movie, Dick Jones from Robocop is the president. The boy grows up to be the president, and they see each other later, and he's like, he pulls out this photograph of Captain America's face, and he's like, you were that boy? Yeah. How did he know that he got his picture taken traveling at rocket speed? Yeah, the rocket's not in the photo. It's just like this face. It's it's a it's a still face. It's a headshot of Captain America that was taken at lightning speed. The light the speed of a Yugoslavian rocket traveling near the White House with a belly full of fuel. You kidding me? <laughs> Can I just say though, the storyline of Cap working with the president to save the day at the end and the idea that like the president was friends with a, a guy that grew up to be a reporter. I liked that storyline. I thought that was kind of cool. It was cute. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. It was cool that him uh, and his friend, Ned, mm-hmm. the, the reporter. Ned Beatty. It was, famous actor. Uh, yeah. Great actor. That were. Also, Otis and Superman. Another oh, missed yeah. opportunity. Mr. Um, It was a cute storyline. Like Captain America and the president fighting crime together at the end. That's I mean, a great it, idea. it was destiny that 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 would be the case. Yeah, we can say we like that idea. That doesn't mean it was done well in any way, shape, or form in this movie. Period. Um, you know what I wanted to also bring up? Yeah. Um, when they murdered Captain America's girlfriend, Bernie. Oh my God. I never, I would never in a hundred years, a hundred thousand years. They destroyed her and the husband. Absolutely massacred them. I was not expecting she to be murdered. No. Like, so he goes back to, you know, uh, I thought it was Gertie for some reason, but. Bernie. 
Bernie. Gertie. Um, <laughs> you know, Gertie. she's like anciently old and uh, her daughter is, uh, what's her face? Sharon. But Sharon, Carter. Sharon Carter. Agent 13. Sharon. It is Sharon Bobo. Carter. Yeah. No. Sharon. No. Why would they, why would they call her Sharon if not Sharon Carter? This is Sharon. 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 Bobo name they gave her. <laughs> so the actress is wearing old makeup. But her husband is just a regular aged actor. He's an old man. Yeah. 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 And uh, he's a poor man, Tom Atkins. I agree. Yeah, I that's a great, great way to put it. So they get they get flat out murdered. Not only that, but like Sharon comes up to the house, heals all the sirens, walks through, sees her mom getting zipped up in the body oh, bag. Man. I was like freaking out at those was, cops. Do your job. What are you doing? That was a horror. That was a horror scene. It was frightening. To us, the movie viewer, I mean, Sharon killed that scene. She did, if amazing. I may, to amazing. see that uh, uh, you know a mannequin in a wig get zipped up in a body, <laughs> and like the the woman's hair gets caught in the zipper of the body bag. It's like flopping around so much in this man's hand, and she like Sharon was absolutely terrified and petrified that her mom was killed. I never I never would have seen it coming. Great no. acting. Like the whole scene where Steve meets her again for the first time all over again and you know he finds out that she waited for him for like 16 years mm-hmm. and it was I think it was pretty well executed considering you know the yeah. the the, the storyline and the script of this movie it was pretty well acted, and it was kind of heartbreaking. And then I would never, in a thousand years, would have thought they would have killed her. Yeah. No, I. I nobody's not coming. <laughs> we skipped over him being unfrozen. Uh, where was he? The he, I guess did they say he was in the Antarctic? He was in Alaska. Alaska. It was Alaska, like a German. I don't really feel like it gets that cold. He gets in Alaska. He gets unfrozen. He leaves the camp. Does he just walk? He walks to like I don't know the Alps, and that's where they like yeah. come after him on their <laughs> motorbikes. How do you walk from Alaska to the Alps? I don't know. But there wasn't any. He's like he leaves Alaska, and then he's in like a great climate, and he's just walking. Yeah, like, where imagine how much on? walking and how little eating he has done. <laughs> I, I mean, and the the timeline alone, he breaks out. He gets in the papers so people know where to find him. Mm-hmm in the Alps or wherever he is. It's crazy that the red, the red skull's daughter and the reporter both arrive simultaneously to his location. Right. What are the chances? If captain America didn't get himself in the paper, like Harry and the Hendersons, (laughs) none of this would have happened. If he were just skulked through the woods, right. Until he found Bernie's house in Southern California. Yeah. Which he walks to from Alaska. At about 90 minutes. Something doesn't add up. Something's not uh, stirring the Kool-Aid, as Tone Loke would say. <laughs> the So Red Skull, uh, last we saw him was when... Ah, little brother. <laughs> he does Absolutely. battle with Cap in the first 30 seconds of the movie. He gets his arm lopped off by himself because Cap holds on to him as the rocket's going off. He has, like, facial reconstructive surgery while Cap is frozen. And he looks like marginally worse than just having a red skull. Yeah. And is now almost like an Italian Nazi mobster. It's like, what if you had a sneaker that was like off white and you took a Sharpie 
and just rub the tip of the Sharpie all over the sneaker to make it appear like it's black. Uh-huh. That's how they did Red Skull surgery. Like they had a, a off-color peach marker yeah. and just rubbed it on his yeah. red skin. Jonesy's been thinking about this for two and a half days. Listen, <laughs> I woke up this morning like, is it like shoe polish? His like voice. Salmon colored salmon. shoe polish. His voice is so annoying in this movie, the Red Skull character. <laughs> yeah. Every scene he's in, I wanted to shut the movie off. Yeah. Oh, you mean a remote transceiver? Like the one in your rear molar? How easy oh it God. is to deactivate. Next time, have it made in Japan. These sound bites that you're pulling. <laughs> These aren't so. sound bites. This is Jonesy this oh. is doing the voice of the Red Skull. <laughs> you he, think it's that thing where Slim edits it and like weaves in uh-huh. audio from the movie? It's I don't even have me, to do baby. that. I don't have to do that. Half more than oh, half the movie is like this we, weird. Both times we killed Kennedy and we killed King, but they became martyrs for the cause. Allow me to give him I a guess. serum and add a brain implant so we can control the president. It's like Italian and Russian Christopher Walken. Never seen anything oh, like let it. Let us please put in a brain implant. <laughs> Guys, we you know, could control the president. Speaking of never uh, seen, seeing anything like it before, how about um, when they told Cap that Don't this, even all the secrets were in. He has not earned that. When all the secrets were in the doctor's head, because they didn't, uh, they didn't search the drawers of the secret lab to find the diary that she actually documented all the secrets in. <laughs> that cap just went back to the secret lab sixty years later. Yeah, to pull the secrets from the diary shouldn't have worked. But all. I feel like there was a, a credible amount of cobwebs. It, so if you source he goes it, to this restaurant. That has been repurposed from the lab. He kicks through a wall, gains access to the secret lab. Where is this building that no one knows about? Okay. How big is so, this lab? Does yeah. anyone see the outside the of this lab outside? The contractor? He might put he up might, a wall He may as well push Sharon stairway? through the wall the way he handled her right. in that scene. So does anyone think the, the uh, decision to put the secret door in the, the door of a the woman's max. bathroom it was, was just a little too tawdry? Yeah, he did, to Dale's comment, he did handle Sharon a little inappropriately. He busts through a women's bathroom, yeah, and she's freaking out. She's like, Steve, what are you doing? He, he like, grabs her shoulders, pushes her aside. Both hands. Couldn't he have even said, like, hey, I'm going to do something weird in this bathroom. I think there's a lab back here. Give me a minute. Right. He's, trust me. You've trusted even me do this that. far. He doesn't do that. You've trusted me this much. Sharon. You saw your mannequin mother zipped up. Sharon, remember when her hair was flopping around in that zipper of the I body feel like bag? It's like when and you it got have caught to put... and ripped off of her balding old makeup head. You know when you guys are trying to marry two trash bags together? Like you have a <laughs> trash bag, you're trying to like slip another trash bag. Right, the double slip. Like outside of the original trash bag and then yeah. tie the tie. Yeah. But, but instead the they put the original neck. actress the in, a, in a mama's family Bob Mackie wig. Her gooseneck, her fake gooseneck is up there. You got to tie that little tie up. <laughs> that is so gross. <laughs> her gizzard. You see Captain America. <laughs> The gooseneck I, I must think, be tied. I guess the gravitas of that scene was the dad was like, no matter what they did to her, she didn't give up, Cap. You mean older Dauber from Coach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing. Uh, I liked how the gen- the modern day general was the young kid in the flashback, too. 
Like a lot of characters what? in the fifties, you didn't catch that because he did his little ear tell. He like pulled on his ear. You kidding me? And the when Captain America wakes up from the hospital where they thought he just got the serum and he was shot, he wakes up. That kid is there, and he like pulls on his ear when like Cap does something like nervously, and the general who oh. is conspiring with the Italian Red Skull Mafia also does it on screen. It's the same kid. Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. I did notice the the ear pull on TV. And I was like, what is this Carol Burnett tribute? Right, yeah. It was a weird thing to add in. But yeah, it was the kid from the serum uh, scene, the experiment itself. Who brought the... I think he brought the... Yeah, the spy in. The spy, yeah. Okay. So he was a little F at nine years old. He was a little F, yeah. Yeah, I did like that. So overall, we liked it. I think. (laughs) I mean... My other note, are they Italian mobsters? Uh, yeah, it felt like a really bad 80s movie with some Captain America in it. Like the chase through Yugoslavia between the two yeah, of them. Exactly. Like that could have been some right. random movie. Another another big right. thing I had a problem with. Okay. Yeah. So from Cap's point of view, he gets a serum. About a day later, he's on a plane to Yugoslavia to stop the launch. He wakes up 50 years later, but for him, it's been like three days since he first put on the, the uniform. Talk about it. And then like a day later, he's back at the castle to fight the the Red Skull. But he opens that backpack to look at his Captain America uniform and rubs it like, oh, this old thing, my old companion. Now it's time to don it again. Dude, you got it four days ago. I don't even remember that scene. Not I mean? Dale's nodding. Not, e- not even to talk about the terrible shield work. Right. It hasn't been film. it hasn't been 30 years. It's been 30 hours. Yeah, the and you're right about the shield work. The only thing that makes Captain America identify on this movie, identifiable in this movie, is him throwing the shield. That's the only way he can defeat anyone. If He's he got, useless. Yeah, he is absolutely useless. If he got in a fight with Sharon, the only way <laughs> He could truly defeat her was, would be to boomerang his shield at her. And then it, and would, it would bank 90 degrees, make an X in the air. The banking didn't even make any sense. He, uh, he threw his shield at someone. It like literally falls to the ground. Two seconds later, it's swinging back at him. <laughs> it just makes you feel like what a blessing Chris Evans is. Yeah. And what a blessing the new Captain America has been. I mean, it, it, it's not even the same universe. No, the, the, it's not. I mean, the quality of film comparison. The only connective tissue I noticed, did you see when they were going into the secret lab in Roz's restaurant? Roz reached down and like, like reached for a handgun and was like pointing it at them under the uh, oh, no, cabinet. No. And that's what the old lady does in Brooklyn when they're going into the secret lab. She like oh, reaches no. down for a sawed off and is like pointing it at them. Was that the same actress? I think. I, oh my it. God, was it? It might be. Maybe it was. Was it? Be trivia. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Was it? But was it? The uh, final battle. Are you kidding me? The final battle was the castle, the empty castle that they probably paying ten grand a day for. <laughs> what is even happening in that castle? Like, what do they do? They do parties there. It's so brother. Empty. Let me go and play the piano. On my the roof. brother. My brother. God, I wanted to strangle him to death. Yeah. He finally does die thanks to boomeranging. And then how about his death scene? They just threw a dummy over the end of the castle. Yeah, I mean, how many, we should count, 
they threw a stiff dummy without joints straight up and, and down six it, foot it, it like, maybe 20 times it somersaults about 400 times in the air it was amazing yeah <laughs> they must have put weights in his feet hands and head to have him just perfectly just rotate several times and it was i mean it's graphic if we're to believe that was like a real human body oh man that's Decim- very graphic yeah, it would have been tony his, hawk pro skater two <laughs> levels of the brain matter alone on those rocks Absolutely. It would have been disgusting. Captain America 1990. Man. I wonder what, what people thought about it during, like, when it came out. Probably not great. Was it, it didn't have an American release. It was like a direct-to-video, Direct-to-video. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I got to- Imagine, imagine you're a comic book fan. Yeah. And Batman gets made. Oh. But you're a Marvel guy. This and is all you've had so far is Punisher. You know, Dolph Lundgren, the Lungs. Punisher. On the record, as loving that movie. I love that movie. And then you're like, Captain America is my favorite comic book character. He's got a movie coming out next year. Get this ready, is our time. Yeah, keep your Superman and Batman movies. Yeah. I'm trash. going to the real, I'm going to the house of ideas. <laughs> and Murder Cannon films. 1990. Rubber ears. Hashtag eye holes. <laughs> Captain America comes out. I might burn my comic book collection and never come back to it again. <laughs> they had, if I recall correctly, they had TV movies for Captain America ahead of this, right? In the yeah, 70s with Red or Brown 80s. in the lead role. And he always wore the motorcycle helmet. Yeah, because he had it like a scooter. Mm-hmm. Man, poor Cap. Poor Cap. Got Didn't get a fair shake to uh, Chris Evans. Brought him back from Remember the in um, The Punisher where Dolph is like meditating underground nude and his... His business is hanging out. Oh my god! Yeah, shit. I love that. Uh, that movie. What's the god, Iron Eagle that, that movie, movie tonight? What's his name? Louis Gossett. Louis Gossett. And he throws the 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 skull headed knives. He doesn't wear a shirt. Yeah, he always just had those skull knives as evidence. What is the part at the end of the movie where at the climax when they're in like a blue room in an office? Remember, he's, was, he shoots somebody and he like goes through because yeah, he's got like the samurai house. That's it. With like the paper thin walls, sliding oh, walls. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he has to partner up with the crime boss to save his son. Mm. Are we watching The Punisher tonight? Oh, my always, God. Only if we can watch Get the Blue Monsters. Right after it. <laughs> Get the Blue Monsters right now. Should we talk about the big comic news that's been going on? Big news. The story's been setting the internet aflame. If, you, if anything's been setting the internet aflame, it's been... Tell Jonathan, me, like I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware, but that we used to do a comics podcast. We used to Only for 296. We used to episodes. do comics reviews. We used to read comics every week. Oh my god! Probably Hashtag Dakin. Between two out of three hosts, maybe they've read one comic the last year. <laughs> oh my god! But we heard whispers. We heard tell of House of X, Powers Shit. of X, Jonathan Hickman, Hickmania. Coming back to bring X Men comics. Just call it back Mutant to the forefront. Manhattan Projects. Mutant Hatton Projects. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh yeah, for like the inside spec, could I get like two boxes superimposed on two circles? Drag them, and then maybe drag them. Maybe Jonesy. can I get go two, off, King? Can I get two lines that intersect the you know the axis of a perfect oval? All right. This is this is all over a phone call. With but Billy I Geffen. Like, I feel like he's got the old uh, 
the old uh, house of ideas, phosphate <laughs> uh, <laughs> filament for when you were in uh-huh. school, yeah. and they wrote on it filament, filament. House of X, Powers of X, Hox, Pox. My God. Hickman's uh, taken over. He's going to give a fresh start to the X-Men, start a new line of comics. East is West. I'm going to shock the world right now. These two, my co-hosts, mm-hmm. Dale underscore A, Jonesy Loves Beer, are caught up as of today mm-hmm. to both series. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? The secret's out of the bag. The cat, if you will. As of- as Paper of- keg relaunch. We're announcing it here. <laughs> New number one. <laughs> no. Cut the mics. Episode one, Hawks Pox. Hawks Pox. Uh, ap- episode, let's see, issue five is the most recent one. No, Powers came out today. Powers came out today, Did I you believe. read that one? So maybe we're not caught up. I did. Oh, okay. Um, so we can talk. We're going to get into spoiler territory here. Yeah, I am not going to hold back the spoilers at all because I have questions. Um, so the big reveal that's taken place, if you're not reading it, Professor X and Magneto and Moira have, have joined forces and are moving mutantdom to Krakoa. Mm. And there is like a, Moira. they can teleport anywhere on earth. They can, they have like this flower that they say can cure cancer for humankind. So they're trying to barter a deal. They're like, things have changed. We're the evolution that's about to happen to you people. And if you want our help, you're going to allow us to live here peacefully and become like a sovereign nation. And Professor X is always wearing Cerebro. And one of the the major reveals in this book is that Moira McTaggart's mutant power is like this kind of re- generation she she can live multiple lives she's a highlander she lives and then when she dies she is born again but with the knowledge of her previous life so she's been living these lives and seeing how mutants have failed or not failed and like by the 10th version she's like hey professor x uh we lose every time so let's try something different yeah and that's where we're at in our current timeline which is Honestly, to me, as an X-Men fan, this is, like, mind-blowing. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you're an X-Men writer before this run, what were you doing? (laughs) I mean, the way I see it is what you've been doing up until now is telling cool stories. But the fact that Hickman took existing, I guess, mutant powers and uh, not ruffling any feathers... But, like, retconned in such a perfect way what's been the the groundwork. Everything up until now has counted, has has been canon. But, like, seeds he planted, he went back and planted seeds at the beginning of the run, basically. It's like all of Mr. Sinister's kind of DNA dealings are playing a major role in this run. Mm-hmm. Um, like the most recent few issues, the X-Men find out that Master Mold is being like built up again and Professor X is like, you need to do whatever you need to do to stop this from happening. This is going to be catastrophic for us, Moira. Or we know it's going to be catastrophic. They don't tell the X-Men that like Moira McTaggart's been helping us this whole time because she has <laughs> lived through this ten- nine times. So the X-Men die in this process, destroying Master Mold. Yeah. Amazing mm-hmm. issue. The oh, art's fantastic. One of the, mo- one of the best single issue comics I've read in a long time. Yeah. Unbelievable. The art is a, oh, it's amazing. It's like the greatest send off for these characters, and you're like, what the F just happened? They just Listen, died. When Nightcrawler and Wolverine know 
that the only way for them to destroy this is if they both get teleported onto the like the dock yeah. or the pylon holding the last one. And they kind of like accept the fact they're both about to die and teleport anyway. Like that whole invasion of, of Mother Mold could have been a movie. Mm. It was very cinematic in nature. Yeah, it reminded me of new like we're at like a level like new X Men uncanny x-force oh, level man. of New like X-Men. yeah amazing runs you remember when uh cable used to wear cyclops's visor, visor like yeah. a memento I do remember and then cyclops that. pissed on it when he became a war criminal <laughs> and killed professor <laughs> yeah. yeah the phoenix force was a big uh, influence oh in yeah Avengers versus x-men was a big run phoenix, i forgot about that phoenix force the tip of this you know what oh my what can you say cyclops that? Is a murderer. so uh, issue five is the big reveal because you're like left to wonder what happens to the x-men they're dead um so it's revealed that there's a group of mutants that Professor X has figured out using their powers together. Oh my god! Can al- and use Krakoa to create these hu- like these husks and bring them back. He has imbe- he has a database of their memories, their quote unquote souls that he backs up on yeah. a regular basis, and he imbues them back into the body. They're born again. Yeah. How many times has this happened? My what, God, man. And it, what? Like, I don't know if, uh, you know, characters like Gold Balls was before Bendis or Bendis. <laughs> I think it was a Bendis. But guy. like characters as recent as Bendis and Bendis's run, which was amazing. But Hickman took these characters and made them into like they said on the, in, uh, you know, Mother Mold called them Titans. Like yeah. they are God level mutants at this point. But they just, they weren't as such because they weren't used in such a way. But the five of them together, like, have, you know, they're recreating mutantum. It's crazy that these characters that are just, you know, random throwaway members of X-Men Gold, yeah. Gold Balls, and, you know, Husk, and Zorn. And then, and then uh, Hope, who, like, they yeah, made Hope. up to be a huge character and then forgot about for, like, a decade. Exactly. And now she's back. And Hope, you know, she was such a big player before AVX, like Cable and Cable versus Deadpool, or Cable and Deadpool. Uh-huh. Like, she had such an epic storyline, but nobody really knew what, she was like a MacGuffin, or like, yeah. she was just there as a symbol, but she's serving, like, the ultimate purpose now. And it justifies her whole existence, and like, all of the, all of the storylines that she has ever been a part of matters because they're always trying to protect her Mm -hmm. and this is what they're trying to protect her for i mean the ultimate it's like the the ultimate mastermind of of x-men titles yeah it's unbelievable i mean i guess you're right avx was about her right uh essentially yeah because didn't logan take her on the run oh yeah to kunlun what was her story was it messiah complex or something when she was like they were trying to protect the baby like the first mutant born in X yeah. amount of years. Yeah, no, that was. No, no, no. I that thought. Was, I thought the Phoenix Force was coming to Earth for her. For her. Oh and yeah, so yeah. The that's Avengers right. were like hand her over. We can't have another Jean Grey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, Logan and Cyclops are on the Quinjet, and, yeah. and Logan. My God, bails AVX. Out God. Forgot about that. Remember the rotating art and mm. writing teams on that? Yeah, that was cool. That was epic. That was, was epic. Because there's so many times. Yeah, nobody no, cared. I don't remember that. It was it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but man, I just I'm reading it and like I'm gauging different X Men fans and they have different reactions. I, I like some people are like, yeah, it's fine, but like I don't know. It's just 
it's like it like warps my mind. Like this is the generational sweeping change to yeah. the X Men that it's needed for a long time. There's never been a change like this. Maybe yeah. Schism was maybe like the last kind of big change. I guess bringing in the young mutants back was a sweeping change, but not really. Yeah. I mean, the last sweeping change, really, they've they've been, uh, ever since Wanda said no more mutants. Yeah. What was that, yeah. 15 years ago? House of X was the last big event they got me reading. And they've, I mean, they've had really good storylines uh, since then, but they've been like distilled down versions of mutant populations. Mm -hmm. They haven't been, you know... Uh, on the level they've been ambitious but at you know it's always been about them defending what little they had left and you know there was many pump your fist in the air moments at that but this is this is just epic like they're just getting crazy again with it because if you think about you know what cerebro has been doing what purpose it's been serving this whole time it's just making database backup copies of mutants since the beginning of Cerebro and the beginning of the X-Men, mm -hmm. uh, you know, big things, it's just That's big things are wild. in store because, you know, all of Hickmania's graphs, you know, saying at, at, the, at a certain point there were 16 million mutants before Wanda said no more mutants or something like that. And, you know, they, um, Magneto and Xavier definitely have plans on, you know, just exponentially, which I got, you know, around episode four powers of x like it finally drilled into my head you know the generational uh timelines that were going through that book powers of x how powers of x how crazy is it that the first page of the series was the reveal like them he was pulling the husks and the the new versions of the x-men out in literally pages like one yeah. through five of the run yeah and you're like what is this creepy yeah, professor like, x cl doing clones who are these people yeah but it's like the reveal is happening there i'm i'm so fascinated by like the professor x character like i don't trust professor x at all no way he's not showing his have. face i think it's something that you can't see his eyes or something it's what? and they know, even it's funny uh, sorry to interrupt mm. You remember when Ultimatum was going on on the Ultimate line, mm -hmm. and they and Franklin no Reed Richards had become like a megalomaniac. Yeah, exact same outfit. But yeah, they do look alike. When they first revealed the poster or the first issue cover, I was like, "Is that Reed Richards from Ultimate Universe?" Oh, mm. um, you kidding me? But they do talk about. Um, if you read the text, they talk about how like there are rules with the five or the Titans, like. You're not allowed to move a mind into a husk that wasn't their own, or you're not allowed to do your own mind or something. And then it was like, Professor X has done this three times already or something like that. Like, oh. they're, like I, I want to know more about the backstory of prof this Professor X. Yeah. Um, I want to know where Moira is. And I want to know, like, is that Professor X or is it someone else? Like, I don't know. Could it be Moira in his body? I don't, yeah, exactly. Like his mannerisms to start off the series were a little effeminate. I think people were like theorizing, like, is that Professor X? Um, I don't think we'll find out those answers for a while and, until the the new run. I think it's called Dawn of X. Is like this line of X Men comics. Mm. I um, might actually have to start reading comic books again. Right? <sighs> I am so I am pumped. I am completely it. pumped. I remember as long as there's not new X Men side by side with you. <clears throat> And then Astonishing X-Men, I collected that run. Oof. And I don't think I collected an X-Men book since then. 
Yeah, it's astonishing. I am kind of bummed. There's like seven or eight titles that are starting. That's a little bit much. I'd rather them really start small. But yeah, I don't know. Hickman is allegedly overseeing the line, so I don't know. Jesus, how much time? How much stock can you put? He in did. That? He oversee. He did the Avenger stuff, and I kind of checked out on the Avenger stuff. Like there were, I think, Secret were new, and Avengers were like his main things. No, because he got all like deep in his own ass about having Captain Universe, and everybody's a captain, and you know it's this cosmic BS he always does. But this kind of quasi fantasy science stuff is like right up his alley. I mean, he can't go cosmic, or why bother? We'll see. East is west. I mean, and and admittedly, that's a that's a Hickman callback. If I ever, Jenny's <laughs> taking a hot dump on East <laughs> is West. Um, Mutant Hatton projects. <laughs> admittedly, for somebody who has been an X Men fan, you know, but hasn't read it in a couple years, to see these characters come back in different iterations like i don't know where they have been before hickman took over this uh new run but like krakoa being uh you know a kind of a background player in wolverine and the x-men for those couple years i don't know if krakoa since then has progressed into something else but krakoa i thought was always there and to for for krakoa to be you know ultimately one of the main players now in it is a character in the book Mm -hmm. i mean it's more of a setting i guess but it's a lot of things but um it's been really cool to see hickman play with these characters that have been my periphery and you know if you've read x-men in the past couple years to see them be players in some way you know if you look at some of the graphs in one of the titles house or powers um, it, I think it was powers because it was the the future timeline, mm-hmm. uh, one of the ultra future timelines, and there's only a couple mutants left. There were a cu- you know there were a couple of apocalypses, horsemen, Wolverine, and yeah. a couple of the others. But one of those was um, I believe to be Quentin Quire, and Quire also took on a couple other names after that. It was Quire, and then it was either um, this person or this mutant was either a descendant through sort of chemical mixing or some, or DNA mixing or this person just or or this was Quentin Quire who has taken on different superhero names after that fact mm-hmm. but the fact that it was there was kind of a cool thing because you could see that they're still really relevant where they were you know they had they had sort of legs, I guess, in Wolverine and the X-Men and Jason Aaron's run where they were like pretty big deal in their own little corner of, you know, the school, the Jean Grey school or something. Because Quentin right. Quire for Schism and stuff, you know, he was a huge deal in Schism and it was always kind of foretold that Quentin would be a lot bigger deal in the future. And then there was, you know, Kid Apocalypse and stuff like that. I don't know what happened to them but it was oh, just yeah. cool to what see these bit players uh i'm not sure i remember he's probably now currently that evil apocalypse but yeah i, I like yeah. how you pretty much don't need to know you know what's been going on yeah to you read this yeah you really don't but it absolutely like to if you know if you're in the know it's cool to see but you absolutely don't i mean you're, you're going to need all the issues i don't think you're going to be able to pick up one issue and kind of understand what's happening. 
But over the course of the five issues, now we're not done because there's six issues in each mini. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic, fantastic storyline. Yeah. What happens at the last page of the issue you just read? Or what's the what's what happens at the end of that issue? Um, it wasn't the sinister issue, was it? No, House of X was the last reading. That's one where the pods. Okay. Yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Oh, the librarian is talking to is the phalanx thing. Yeah, that was. I mean, that's a little tough. Yeah, it's a spicy meatball. Yeah, I was like worried that I was getting into like uh, is this yeah some kind of junky Cosmo Hickman stuff. The phalanx killed the elder. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah that that ties up nicely. I'll say. Like I was happy with that storyline and how it progressed, and uh, and Namor completely disses and turns oh, away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charles get bent. Yeah, basically said get bent. Get bent. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe the next episode we do it's a year oh. from now. Talking X Men comics. You kidding me? God, cripes! I am ready. Yeah, cripes. We got to wrap up. We got. We got to get some sleep. House in three hours, bub. We gotta babe. hit the road in two hours. Bobby, babe. babe we, we gotta bo- watch Punisher for two hours and then hit the road. Lundgren. There is a, a sketchy looking couch over there. I'm probably gonna get two hours. Oh, here we go. He's getting done. He's done. Sun will be coming up. The crows will be. The, the, He's the not even gonna be. see Dolph's innards flopping around during Listen, meditation yeah, in the let, sewers. Let, 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 mark it down in your calendars. These two sleepers are gonna tell me how much I'm gonna sleep tonight <laughs> as they darn each other's socks later. So it's sleep till 9 a.m. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> we got to go. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Brian, uh, Billy, Geffen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for thank you for with us. Uh, sorry about this. You know, a, a classic Jonesy apology. Sorry about this polio comments. Yeah. You know, inappropriate. Appreciate I, was, I, I mean, appreciate even that. today, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough. In this day and age. Really. <laughs> It's like you just got to call with his hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> we got to get we got to get out of here. We got a lake house to drive to. Yeah. If you're a paper keg listener and you miss what we have and you want to get in the slack that we have, DM us. Let us know on Twitter. So you want in. Don't DM me because I don't know how to put you in there. Maybe you miss the magic we had on a weekly basis. Mm. Maybe you maybe you need something in your life that's missing. But look, I gotta tell you, if you got a physically intensive job, you can't keep up. No, you don't really even bother can't. jumping. Don't in. bother. Don't even bother. Don't bother. Maybe we'll see you at the next lake house. Love you all. GG. You kidding me?